Welcome to You Need a Coach, Bitch. I'm your host, Chris Hale. I'm a certified life coach and coach instructor. I'm also a master dance educator and self-proclaimed Zenial Pop Diva. Every week, I bring you a conversation to help you harness your inner authority by popping the patriarchy and crafting the life of your dreams. Are you ready to unleash your inner creator? Let's go. Hey, besties, happy fucking Pride Month. How are you? A lot is going on, and we're starting with celebrations today. I do this with my clients, and it's so fun. Um, We kind of like celebrate like all the amazing things that they did in the week since we've seen each other. So top of the list is Alex Newell and Jay Harrison Gee won fucking Tony Awards. This is huge for two Black non-binary people to win one of the biggest honors in theater, which for something where there are so many queer people at like every level and in every facet is still so homophobic and transphobic. I can't even begin to imagine what this level of representation will do for young ones growing up. It is a very scary time for trans and non-binary people. And this is forward motion that we're seeing in what can sometimes be a really toxic industry. Also, this one feels really personal for me. I wish I had representation like this as a kid or was allowed to explore my identity through dance and through theater, which were the things that I did. I had to be Romeo and the Prince all the time as one of the only identified as male children. Um, One of my first and probably like most core memories of dancing was being forced into an all boys class as a child. I couldn't have been more than like six or seven. I don't even know. And the teacher chose WWF. So (laughs) does everyone know what that means? Um, It's a wrestling thing, like whatever, like character wrestlers from the 80s. Anyway, it was that was the theme. We were all supposed to be wrestlers. And I remember the conversation around my costume and that like I was meant to be shirtless. And you guys, I panic. I agonized about having to show my body on stage. I was in complete terror. Um, Ultimately, I got to wear a shirt, but only after a lot of pushback, which like for a seven-year-old to have to push back on bodily autonomy is like, what? But like, it wasn't just that. It was like, being forced to like perform masculinity at such a young age, especially when it like just wasn't aligning with how I felt and to be expected to do it in public on a stage half clothed. You can tell this is a core memory for me and it was a traumatic one. Anyway, this was really just the beginning of me being forced into roles that never quite felt right. And now I really like credit this as one of the main reasons I rejected being a performer and really didn't pursue it fully because I was constantly pushed toward it. And yet I wasn't given the opportunity, like it wasn't even an option for me to exist in the way I wanted to. And at the end of the day, I think this like really meant that it wasn't for me. So I transitioned into like teaching and choreographing instead of like being seen on stage. So hopefully more kids will be able to advocate for themselves and to be able to explore and find themselves in performance, because I think that's actually what it's supposed to all be about, is for people to be able to explore different facets of themselves. The other thing I want to celebrate, and this actually happened earlier in the month and I didn't mention it, but a federal judge ruled that the Tennessee drag ban is unconstitutional and that it, I think that it infringes on freedom of speech. Um, Big win. 
And like I said last week, we need to be able to see the good with all the bad. This is definitely a mindset thing we can work on. We tend to look for evidence for the thoughts we think. If we think things are only continuing to get worse, that's all we're going to see. And I want to stress the only part, because again, there are some truly heinous things going on. Violence against our communities has absolutely risen, but we need to be able to access the yes and of it all. And speaking of yes and, (laughs) that wasn't the best transition, but here we are. That's what we're going with. We need to talk about the ultimatum queer love. Now, to be honest, I didn't even know about this show until this iteration. Apparently, Nick Lachey is involved with other seasons, and we all know how much I like a late 90s, early aughts boy band. But for this one, the host is Brie Buckley from Gossip Girl, who we first met on Reba. Can't remember her character's name, but I believe she was married to that guy from Shameless who's literally built like a tank. Anyway, I don't remember her actual real name, but she also did like a WB show. Was it WB or CW at the time? I don't know where she was like a nanny or a tutor for a rich girl. I can't remember. Anyway, we love her. She's awesome. She has a show on Netflix also. Can't remember the name of it. Sweet something. Sweet Magnolias. Is that it? I'm going to get hate mail because I don't know (laughs) this woman's name. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, I only watched like the first half hour of the first episode of The Ultimatum. Why is this a yes and, you ask? Well, I love that we're getting a queer relationship reality show. Like, I think we need to be able to be like, as trash as the straights in our viewing pleasure and our viewing representation. It can't all be like painful coming out stories or HIV movies or Hallmark knockoffs. Bros, love Simon, I'm looking at you. Although I do love both of those movies, but like it is trying a little bit too hard to fit in with like cis, straight, heteronormativity, you know what I'm saying? Anyway, I love that the couples are super diverse. That's a plus. And here comes the and... Right off the bat, it is super problematic, like problematic AF. The premise, real quick, in case you do not know, is five couples are basically deciding if they're going to get married or break up because one partner has had it and wants marriage, but the other one needs some convincing. Mm. They do this by swapping partners for three weeks and having a pseudo marriage with someone they just met to compare to their long-term relationship. Does anyone see a problem with this? If not, I will tell you that of the first two couples we get some history on, we have Xander and Vanessa. Vanessa literally says, I do not want permanency. I do not want stability. I'm not even sure what to unpack here, but I'll start with the chick being on a show where she is clear what she does not want, but is willing to ignore that? Like, what the F? Also for Xander... Why are you here trying to convince someone that does not want permanency to have a permanent relationship with you? Now, I know reality TV is not real, but this message of deny your truth and be with someone that wants you to do that is just more of the same counter conditioning we've received our entire lives. Like, don't listen to your own inner wisdom. Listen to that of someone else's. I could literally do an entire episode on this show, but I'm not sure I can actually bring myself to watch the entire series or even finish the first episode. I do prefer the girls of Selling Sunset. 
that's my reality jam right now. The last thing I want to mention is one of them is like, we're here deciding the person we're going to spend the rest of our lives with. Absolutely no, you are not. You are not deciding to spend the rest of your life with this person. Most people get divorced nowadays anyway. And you, ma'am, have been historically commitment averse. You are not here doing that. That's not happening. That is not what's going on. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, that's it. That's the week in queer happenings. Lots to celebrate. Actually, I even want to celebrate the representation of the ultimatum because again, like we should be allowed to just like live regular fucked up lives just like everybody else. How do you feel about this stuff? Like about the Tonys, the drag bands, ultimatum. Like I'm dying to hear everyone else's thoughts on this because I don't have anyone to talk to it about it. So why don't you message me? I'd love to hear from you. And now I have zero good transition for this week's coaching topic. So I'm just going to just dive in. I had a bit of a healing crisis this week, and I wanted to share because I think it's relevant for how we think about growth, like overall, like maximally, universally in our lives. So I need to give you some background. Buckle up. It's story time. If you need to, increase me to double speed. If you don't already listen that way, I actually listen to all my podcasts on double speed or at least one and a half speed. Anyway, I had my usual biweekly massage last week and woke up the next day with my body absolutely freaking out. So my massage therapist, he decompressed my ankle, which actually in the moment was painful, but didn't really have any residual initially. But the next morning, I had all this pain in the arch of my foot. And I could actually kind of understand that. It didn't feel like anything was like really wrong. And sometimes that can happen with adjustments. Something was out of whack that there was compression there, which means there was a restriction in movement. And so when the when the foot was freed, when the ankle was freed, then all of a sudden my foot could function better and differently. And so the muscles underneath my foot were getting exercised in a way they hadn't. I've experienced this before when like I saw my chiropractor and my right leg was kind of not turned on. And when she turned it on the next day, I exercised and it was working and I was so sore. Like I'd never worked out in my life. Anyway, that resolved fairly quickly, like within the next day, like my foot was like, all right, we got this. We know what we're supposed to do. What didn't only last a day and is still not quite completely resolved is what happened to my jaw. So I do have TMJ. I've always been a teeth grinder. Now I'm a clencher. I'm prone to like joint inflammation and like weird subluxations anyway. But like I woke up with so much pain in my jaw, like it hurt to chew. I couldn't bite down and my teeth, I could feel that my teeth were not aligned. So I went to my chiropractor, which luckily I had scheduled. And we kind of figured out that it might have been because of some dental work that like something got like misaligned or aggravated then. And then my body reacted by creating tension in my jaw, neck and upper trap. Then my massage therapist released my trap and neck. And when that happened, All of those muscles were no longer guarding my jaw, and it revealed the misalignment. All that tension was compensatory, and once it was gone, my jaw was like, hello, I'm not okay, what the fuck? (laughs) So this is what we refer to as a healing crisis, like both of these situations, right? When things seemingly get worse before they get better. The release of tension one place destabilizes you for a second, and then things need to regulate. And that's exactly what happened with my ankle and foot. Like, it did regulate, right? 
And But when this happens, our first reaction is to think that something's gone wrong, like the treatment didn't work or it actually harmed us. But if we can just chill for a second and let our bodies incorporate the treatment, then shit works itself out, right? So this is just an opportunity for us to acknowledge the things we do not have control over, namely most of the things as it pertains to our bodies. The work will be integrated and over time, we're going to see the impact on our overall functioning and well-being. So that foot and ankle, like my ankle's tracking so much better. There's more movement. It feels freer. But what about the jaw? Well, that's an example of what I sometimes refer to as a smokescreen. And normally I'm talking about emotions when I refer to that. Here, something was revealed to me that I didn't even know was a problem because as always, my body and its wisdom created a workaround and basically prevented me from functioning in a way that let me see it. So when I think back about the massage, I actually didn't realize how much pain my right trap was in until my guy touched it. And I gasped. I was like, holy crap. I didn't like there was so much pain and intent like tension in that trap and into my neck. But really, it was like, I didn't know the trap was such a problem. And then the release of it brought my attention to the real issue, which was the misalignment of my jaw. I didn't know there was this misalignment. And yet, it was impacting so much of my life. And I'm actually going to talk about that next week, um, or else this episode would be two hours long, like what was actually going on and how that misalignment was showing up. But for now, it can be helpful to focus on how we uncover these misalignments. So persistent discomfort is a good sign. Whereas the foot pain cleared up, the jaw situation like I said, is still not completely resolved. And it's been two weeks. So I had the massage a week later, I got an adjustment and we're here almost a week later. And I'm still experiencing a little bit of pain. But finally, my I can close my teeth, my teeth are aligned. And I'm only getting a little bit of a hitch, like a click every once in a while. That continued discomfort, right? That continued pain is a, is a sign that like we're not quite there yet. It hasn't been fully incorporated. I want to give you an example to compare this to, and that's in my business, right? If we go back and we look at the way I was creating my schedule a year ago, so I was consistently burning out, right? That was the persistent pain. And this showed me that I was out of alignment somewhere with myself, It was not a growing pain, so to speak, right? Like the foot pain was a growing pain. I kept just believing it would get easier and feel better, but really I needed to address that something was off at the structural level. So I redesigned my work life to be more in tune with my natural rhythms, and I no longer experienced that burnout. I wanted to bring this to your attention because I think that we can miss the lesson sometimes when we react to discomfort instead of getting curious about it. This is what I have learned very physically from the experience I'm having in my body right now. So where might you need to be paying more attention in your life or in your body? What feels off that you're just waiting for it to feel better? Where might you be panicking about something that is just the normal part of doing business and experiencing growth versus where are you like ignoring something that has like kind of like keeps tapping at you, right? It keeps like tapping you on the shoulder and you're like, no, 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 no. (laughs) It's like, forget about you. I don't want to look at you, right? These are definitely things to think about and look at if we 
kind of like pan out a little bit and start dissecting where our problems are. If we look at my body again, the compression in my ankle was preventing movement and not allowing me to access the fullness of my ability, right? So it's like I was on the right path, but I couldn't quite get it going. So where is there a place maybe that you feel compressed, right? Like think about what that would feel like where you're just not feeling like you can get moving, right? Or your movement feels stiff. And so it's not allowing you to access all of your tools, all of your brilliance, all of your genius, all of your creativity. Whereas like the jaw was more about not being on the right path. So there was movement. Obviously, I could move my mouth, but it was off. It wasn't like where it was supposed to be. So the movement was not smooth and it was really painful. So where is somewhere in your business maybe that you keep moving, like you keep moving, you've got like this momentum, but like there's a hitch in it. Something keeps getting like clicked out of place, right? You can't stay on that path. And I want you to trust yourself to know the answers to these questions, both inside your body and inside your business or your creativity or whatever you're working on, right? I've built such a great relationship with my body that I can tell the difference between it working to integrate something and it signaling to me that something is off. That is the work I hope to help you do with yourself on every level. So how can you get to know yourself a little bit better? What are you being overreactive to? And what are you maybe not paying enough attention to? All right, my friends, have an amazing week. We will talk soon. If you are loving the podcast, it's time to put a ring on it. It would mean the world to me if you would do one or all of these things. First off, subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts or all the places podcasts are available if you want to be extra. While you're there, giving a five-star rating and leaving a review would be epic. And lastly, spreading the love by sharing your favorite episode would be beyond. Thanks, love. We'll talk soon.